Hey friends, welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your programming. I'm Johnny Venerable. He is Bo Brockbo. We are on the eve of the NFL schedule release tomorrow, manana on Thursday. But for things first, our quarterback, Kyler Murray, uh, playing leader on and off the field, and you absolutely love to see that. Yeah, you do. Kyler Murray continues to do all the right things for this organization as it kind of goes through its facelift, right, as it hits its reset button, and he continues to just quietly do the things that he needs to do, and that's taking care of business as far as his rehab, uh, acclimating with the new coaching staff, and, and being you know a good leader in the sense of he's he's – doing what they're asking him to do and learning the new system and everything that goes along with that. And he's communicating at a high level with his new head coach, new offensive play caller and Drew Petzing. And uh, he continues to kind of endure himself to this community and in the community that grew up. And, you know, this is on the heels, you know, less than 24 hours. It was at the end of our show yesterday that Kyler Murray just kind of quietly uh, was making sure to take care of his hometown, his community that's hurting right now after a tragedy that happened over the weekend, a mass shooting, and he's he's helping out just one of the, the families impacted by that. And he wasn't doing it like tweeting out from his account, like this is what I'm doing and this is what I'm donating. You just have to kind of do some just real easy uh, look into it to see that Kyler Murray is, is doing everything he can to kind of help out those in need that are affected negatively by this horrible tragedy. Yeah, it's a horrific situation. It breaks your heart. So Kyler donated uh, $15,000 to William Cho. If you don't know who William Cho is, he's the six-year-old that inexplicably, horrifically lost both of his parents and his sibling in the tragedy at Allen, Texas. And, and Kyler Murray, very adamant that day, along with everybody yeah. else. But, but Kyler, vocal on social media, which he's not known to do, that... When is this going to stop? And so you see that and you think, well, you know, Kyler blows you away in a lot of different areas, but he's he's very quiet with his personal life. And this is one of the first things he's come out and adamantly been, you know, obviously opposed to and, and supporting these victims, these families, which which shows tremendous leadership and, and growth. Um, and again, you don't have to go out and donate to your favorite charity on social media to get credit, to get points. And to echo Bo's comments, that's not what Kyler Murray is doing here. Right. He's simply asking everybody else, let's take accountability. Let's help these people. And then, Bo, to your point, it's just like everything that we have heard in the inner circle from people we trust, people in the know, Kyler Murray's relationship with the organization has turned on a dime based on the hiring of Monty Austin Ford and Jonathan Gannon. Now, it's, it's no surprise to a lot of people. And we have this pretty well sourced, like Michael Bidwell had serious reservations on giving Kyler Murray that contract last fall. And so you think about the addendum clause, which came directly from the Cardinals. They can dance around it like they opt to put yeah. it in. Then they immediately took it out. That was a black eye for the organization. And it was the, you know, we, we talked about it like a week later on this show. You commit to him and we were waiting you, for you to commit to him. Right. And then it yeah. felt like they were still in this kind of weird limbo period because they put this almost kind of like a divorce clause in there. And right. so. Things never felt smooth. It didn't feel smooth with Steve Kime, who continues to take indirect shots at Kyler Murray in the media. Cliff Kingsbury and he were not on good terms. They they did not speak for, for much of the first half of the season. They had to use the quarterback's coach as a little bit of a buffer. Now it's like you have a general manager and, and, a, and a head coach, Monty Osford and Jonathan Gannon, that have just gotten rid of all that garbage and said, yeah. we know the kind of player you can be when you're healthy, 
and we're going to tailor our team, our structure around you, and we want you to lead us. And Kyler, by everything we've heard, Bo, is 100% bought in. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think we're going to get further and further and deeper and deeper into you know the timeline and, and how Kyler Murray has, continues to show. And it's, it's several examples. It's, it's not just this most recent example of yeah. him being a leader, but you know, to your point, as far as the addendum, I mean that that absolutely was just one of the biggest missteps of the previous regime, and and that yeah. also includes Michael Bidwell, the president and and owner of the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And, and I felt like the entire negotiation. I mean, you can say what you will about Kyler Murray and his representation, but the entire negotiation was was poorly poorly done by the Arizona Cardinals. And we, we got some insight as far as how that went down, and it just yeah. didn't seem like they felt like they were in control and that they were negotiating this contract the way they wanted to. But at the end of the day, what did they do? I mean, it was just misstep after misstep. And the addendum, you know, that falls, you know, most of the criticism falls on the shoulders, unfortunately, of the quarterback and Kyler Murray, when it, it, it should fall solely on the shoulders of the organization that thought they were going to put their stamp on quarterback contracts. They thought they thought that they were so smart that they were too smart for the room and they were going to revolutionize things by putting this addendum in there to cover their ass because they didn't want to just do what organizations do and pay market price for franchise quarterbacks. And, you know, they ended up, you know, unfortunately Kyler was the one that kind of had to take the heat for that where the organization really didn't take too much of it. And then you kind of see how things transpire after that. Now the organization slowly but surely just falls apart, right? It just falls apart at the seams. Well, the, the, the analogy I've used for some time, Bo, is like the Cardinals won the the lottery, the quarterback lottery. And and you, you read about people in like real life, win the lottery, win the Powerball, and they they spend the money. They go and right. buy a bunch of cars and a bunch of homes they can't afford, and they don't pay their taxes. They've got like six PS5s, and they don't know how to invest, right? And that was the Cardinals. Is they have this commodity that they have never had before, franchi- a true franchise quarterback that's homegrown, that came to them as a rookie. And you can go one of two ways. You can go the conservative way that hopefully a lot of franchises take. You nurture him with quality veteran quarterbacks and coaching and a supportive general manager, invest in weapons, the offensive line, or you take the Cardinals way, which it's like Tommy boy, my pretty new pet. I didn't know how to handle it. (laughs) And it just kind of engulfed on itself. And I say that holding Kyler Murray responsible too, that he was enabled into bad habits under Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kai unequivocally. But then, of course, he wants a new contract last offseason, and the Cardinals like, we don't know what to do with this. We've never had to right. do this before. We've never given out a contract that even looks like this, and we don't trust you. What they put that clause in there, they told everybody, including his teammates, we don't trust Kyler Murray. You can't do that. If you're going to commit to him, commit to him. And so I, this is like the perfect reset period with Austin Ford and company because Kyler's not going anywhere. You got right. Kyler under contract. They're not tanking. They're trying to win games. And now you have some really capable people in the room, Bo, that's like, okay, well, now we really can get the best health permitting yeah. out of Kyler Murray. And from you know sources we trust, like as far as the addendum and the fact that it was put in that contract, it didn't make Kyler Murray and his camp balk at signing right. a $230.5 million deal with all that guarantee all that guaranteed money. They're just like, okay, you you've signed, you've basically put the deal out there. We're gonna sign this deal. And then the rest of that, all the fallout, you know, afterwards, that's gonna be on you guys. So yeah. it, it really is interesting to see how that played out. And that Kyler Murray is, is basically the last man standing. I know Bidwill's mm-hmm. still here, but he's the owner, right? I mean, you're never right. gonna be able to get 
rid yourself of the owner. But, you know, it's it's really interesting to see, you know, Kyler continues to lead the way, leading by example, despite these false narratives continuing. I mean, we saw one just as recently as is this fool for the Action Network just throwing out blatant lies about a report that Kyler Murray was being shopped during the draft. Yeah. And, it's, and just kind of because he probably figured like he's an easy guy to just throw his name out yeah. there because people, the national narrative surrounding Kyler Murray, people would be like, well, of course, Kyler Murray's on the on the move. But if you look yeah. closer, if you peel that onion back, you look at his contract, you look at the organization and how they've embraced their quarterback, that it doesn't make it doesn't add up. Yeah. Like, nobody's going to like. We're, we're not that naive to just be like, oh, well, this guy's saying he's got trusted sources with the Atlanta Falcons. He, he, he was going to be dealt on draft day. It's like, no, that's it's not that's not true. There's no truth to that at all. It's it's erroneous. Yeah. And I can't emphasize enough how ridiculous it was, depending on how you feel about like we were at the Super Bowl week here in Phoenix in Phoenix. The Super Bowl was here. I'm not sure if you guys knew that. And the entire week, all people wanted to do was bitch and complain about Kyler Murray like six weeks after he tore his ACL or like two months or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And it was like, how many people can complain about a guy who does not directly impact their, their life and their well-being, right? And taking shots at him when he 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 he's he can't defend himself publicly, narratively, because he's injured and he doesn't have a head coach and he doesn't have a GM. It was just, it was kind of egregious. It definitely yeah. was egregious. And we pushed back on a lot of it. And thankfully, his teammates like James Conner and Rondell Moore came to his defense. That hurts. And that hurts. Yep. But, but it just, there is a narrative. We've covered the narrative extensively. But then, like, we point something like this out or somebody else points something like this out of what Kyler Murray has been doing and leading up to, you know, being public with with his animosity toward this horrific tragedy and wanting to support the victims. It's just like, nope, that's not what gets, gets clicks, guys. That's not what we're going to push today. He's not a big boy. He likes video games. And that's right. uh, that's unfortunate. And so really, it, it just it's about educating people, which is great. But at the end of the day, people unfairly or not are going to judge him whether or not he can win games in, in the fall. Yeah, and that's going to be important. Like as far as his return and his maybe his his resurgence, uh, that's going to be part of it, right? That's going to be a big part of it, if not yeah. the most important part of it. But like the false narrative surrounding K one continues to be bad attitude, right? Not a yeah. hard worker, selfish, me first guy, bad teammate. He's short. He plays video games. All the like the nauseating stuff that you continue to see from people who have aren't creative at all. Um, you, you know, it's. You've got the exam. We mentioned the addendum. You've got the I mean, when I put this out there, uh, you know, the video of him saying schematically we were effed. And th- it was it was insane it's to me. A, a to great see, quote, by the way. Yeah. To see how it was picked up and how yeah. it was tweaked. And it was just it was between were versus we are. Yeah. And they said he his his direct quote was schematically we were kind of effed. And then several outlet outlets misquoted as schematically, we are kind of effed, like saying yeah. we're just we're effed. So you know Dove was one of those guys that misquoted. Yeah, absolutely. Bleacher reports that we've done work up. with, like I, I'm not gonna deny that they were one of those that just picked it up and ran with it, like saying Kyler Murray was basically throwing his play caller under the bus, uh, which which was ridiculous. He was just basically saying that in that situation, schematically, the Chargers had them penned. And they yeah. and they made the play on a fourth down where he threw a pick to I believe Derwin James and it was but then people wanted to to tweak it their own way and then like the Thursday night football where he's telling uh, Cliff Kingsbury to calm the f down yeah and it's just like well I mean we're probably not going to see that any longer because his play caller is most likely going to be up in the booth uh, you yeah. know in, in, calling plays from him up there and you're not going to see that 
sideline interaction any longer. Yeah. But, you know, I, Cliff didn't think much of it. Kyler didn't think much of it. It was two competitors in the heat of battle going at each other. And then, like, you see you see Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady do the same thing, and it doesn't get nearly as much reaction no. on social media. Yeah. I, I There was a clip or a, a viral tweet that went out about Michael Bidwell saying that he was going to incorporate Kyler in the coaching search. Remember that one? And yeah. everybody's like, Kyler's picking the next coach. Cardinals <laughs> are K. And then – Remember the even the Paris Johnson thing. Yeah, we're we're like three weeks removed from the draft, and Kyler's like, I really like Paris Johnson. And they released a video, and it was great. Yeah. Paris likes Kyler Murray, and then they draft Paris Johnson. There's a Kyler continues to call the sporting shot. news. Yeah, the, the, the what they what did they say? A luxury pick. Yeah, because a basically Kyler tackle. Murray called for it. Monty Monty Awesome for it after <laughs> drafting Paris Johnson was like, oh, he did. Yeah, I kind of heard that, but um. Uh, no, a team that literally Paris Johnson because K one told him to draft him is absolutely ridiculous, and the false narratives just run wild with Kyler Murray. You guys are crushing in the in the yeah. chat. Uh, John Paul Edwards and Day Dio saying Cardinals were Texas before Kyler. Also saying <laughs> Beecham gives up a lot of pressure. The Beecham thing too. Like if you if you get the full context of what Beecham said, he was being constructively critical of Kyler Murray. You know what though? He, yeah, it's not it's not a look I love though. I no, don't, it's, I don't, yeah. wanna, and, I, I don't and, think he and, thought he was he, coming back either. Right. Right. And maybe, you know, we think he's going to be on the team. But he's, he's not making a ton of money and they have right. a new tackle, a shiny new tackle. Um, and I like Kelvin Beecham. He's, he's been on this show. He's a friend of the program. Like the, I mean, like if I, if I'm not with PHNX tomorrow and I go on another show, I'm like, it's not in my best interest to speak ill will of Bob Rock or Emma or whomever. Just, you know, <laughs> I keep that in house. I keep that with my family. And then I talk all my shit, but I just, I don't, it, Kelvin Beecham's a really great guy and he makes really great decisions and he has the immense respect, but that, that was not the, t again, Kyler coming off an injury and the uncertainty and the toxicity with the franchise. It's like, why, what, what does that benefit anybody? when you say something like that. And I bet he regrets saying it. I bet if you talk to him, he would be like, yeah, I, I felt that way. I shouldn't have put it out there for clicks. Cause it, again, it, it went through the course of the media cycle. And I don't know, man, Kyler is an easy target. He's going to remain an easy target, but you know, weeks like this in the dead of the NFL off season, up until the schedule release tomorrow, it's important to point out things that he's doing to change that narrative of who the public correctly or incorrectly perceives him as and i'm i'm here for it because i think i think we're, the best version of kyler murray is still yet to come Bo. yeah i i agree with that um vanessa saying she's uh nervously awaiting the schedule release we are going to break down their entire schedule when it's released tomorrow live here on phnx cardinals but yeah let's start to look at you know the timeline which i, I mm -hmm. believe really kind of started on december 12th monday night football against the yep. patriots it was a rough end, right? To uh, just as as the ground was kind of just collapsing beneath the entire organization, and you had Kyler on December twelfth tear his ACL, he ends up having uh, surgery three weeks later. He has ACL reconstruction. He has a meniscus stitch uh, on January third, done by the Dallas team doctors, uh, uh, just a, a universally renowned surgeon does it. And then January 9th, you know, a week later, you've got Block Monday and. Cliff Kingsbury, most of the Cardinals coaching staff, is fired, and Steve Keim is unceremoniously has resigned. So that's the start of this timeline. And you're like, oof, that, that was a tough end.
Put that put that screen screen up real quick one more yeah. time, Emma. So uh, January eighth, we were all throwing up in our toilet bowls in preparation for <laughs> January 9th because we were still unsure of Cliff Kingsbury's uh, status with the franchise. You remember the tweet that went out from Bob McManaman of Arizona? Yeah. I'm not throwing Bob out of the under the bus, but Bob tweeted out right after Cliff's presser that he was going to be made available to the media on Monday. Yeah. People just lost their collective minds. Pour pour one out for that presser that never happened. Come on. Now, if you go back and you the the footage will show that I did caution that it's probably you just you did. You routine. you did. But right. remember when people lost their mind? Not yeah. this show. Not yeah. this show. Because we were doing our our live post game show with Frank Sanders and Damian Anderson. Everybody came out and we're like, he's holding his pressure tomorrow. It's happening. No, no, no. <laughs> that I had to point that out. January eighth, a day that will live in infamy. Cardinals yeah. got the third overall pick. <laughs> And we didn't know if Cliff and, and Kyme were going to be fired. That was that was a it, dicey It day. did kind of solely the moment a little bit as, as we were kind of spiking the football over the third overall pick. And then it's like, uh-oh, there's a flag on the play. Cliff Kingsbury <laughs> might stay. That was brutal. So let's – as as that, that was like the, the dark end, right? It yeah. was it was a rough end. Let's, let's take a look at some new beginnings or on the men. Kyler Murray, yeah. uh, after having surgery on January 3rd, just six weeks later – Johnny yeah. putting this out on his Twitter at Johnny Venerable. February 14th, it was a nice little Valentine's gift to your boys here in the PHNX Cardinals uh, audience that he was working out on a bike, just going ham on an exercise bike, unlike yeah. you would think somebody who is just six weeks post-op should do. There were people on the internet after Kyler's injury that said he would eat himself out of the league. He would not attack his rehab. He got paid. He would play video games all the time. Not just you know, mindless Twitter avatars, the egg avatar, media people said that Kyler Murray's career is probably over. That was something that was being said routinely on the Twitter streets. And so, yeah, we all did uh, a celebratory victory lap when Kyler Murray got after it, uh, won uh, six weeks post-surgery on Valentine's Day. And again, uh, I'm of the mindset he's going to be back earlier than people think, though. Then early March, you and I are in Indianapolis. We see Jonathan Gannon, walking at a fast pace we we chase him down have a conversation with a him day. at the combine and he tells us that kyler needs to be a hundred percent both he- healthy uh mentally and physically that was the first time we kind of heard that basically saying they're going to be precautious with kyler murray he's chomping at the bit he's a guy that wa- he if if he had his way he would be back on the field as soon as possible but the the coaching staff the the training staff most of the people in the building are trying to rein him in and make sure that this thing is done uh, done correctly. Uh, and, and then those sentiments have been echoed the entire offseason, saying he's attacking his rehab. Multiple prominent members of the organization, from Gannon to Monty Osenfort to offensive coordinator Drew Petzing, everybody's saying that Kyler Murray's attacking that rehab. So he continues to progress. And, Johnny, you, you're, you've maintained, you think that he's going to be somebody – that's going to be ahead of schedule if you look at the at the normal timetable for somebody with this type of injury and in, in recovery. We talked to uh, the pro football or the, the Twitter doctor right. at the Super Bowl week, and he said Kyler's going to be healthy to play from the pocket and ready to go in September. Um, now, to run around and be that Kyler Murray, it's going to take longer. I just think, and I don't have the source, but you start adding up these pieces, Bo. They're running a pro-style offense with a little bit of spread running gun Philadelphia on third down but we've the been West told Coast too. Yeah. yeah we've been told first and second down and third down depending on the down and distance it's going to be Cleveland San Francisco right 
typically those those franchises up until recently, immobile quarterbacks, right? Running the football. And Kyler Murray can do that. I also think, again, like, what are you doing with this quarterback room? I have a hard time believing if they thought Kyler Murray was going to miss the entire season, that they would not go out and try to get a placeholder. You would pay Jacoby Brissett or Gardner Minshew or somebody solid money. You got $20 million sitting around right now. Yeah. You didn't use on that. I why pay somebody like that if you feel like Kyler Murray is is ahead of schedule. So um I I think Kyler Murray is as motivated as ever to get back and prove people wrong. I think it'll be an indictment on the people that doubted him when he comes back early. And I think he I know he knows that. So I mean, I'll I'll we're not ready to go officially on record yet. We got to see him this spring and into the fall, but like if, if he's not playing in October, I will be shocked. Yeah. I'd be shocked. I, yeah, no doubt about it. Answering the doubters as far as the rehab and how he was going to approach it. We'll continue here with this timeline. New beginnings is, you know, they hired Monty Austin for January 17th. Uh, there was conversation about Kyler and his introductory press conference. And then there's certainly conversations during Jonathan Gannon's February 14th, uh, 15th introductory press conference where he said, not many times do you take over a team that have a franchise quarterback we're going to maximize Kyler's skill set. And, you know, on the 14th, you know, the the Cardinals social media crew did a good job in capturing a moment where, you know, this was just fuel to the Cardinals fan base where JG and, and Kyler embrace, right? I mean, that, yeah. was, that was it. That's that's what we needed. And then it's continued, and, it, and it's continued that this entire offseason that the coaching staff is embracing Kyler, and Kyler's embracing the coaching staff. Yeah, absolutely. How about when he was at the presser with you and the rest of the media sitting front yeah. row and they were simpatico locking eyes to eyes and it, you just knew it's just like, hey, this guy like Jonathan Gannon, like he could very well survive here over the course of multiple quarterbacks, but he's got to show something to, to to prove to everybody that they're, they're worth investing in another quarterback because right now Kyler Murray is your quarterback this year. And we've talked about it on this podcast for the, the better part of the last two weeks it will take something catastrophic for them to get the first overall pick next year and to have an opportunity to draft Caleb Williams, which makes me believe, Bo, like you've got a two-year test test period with Kyler Murray and Jonathan Gannon. And if it fails horribly, Jonathan Gannon's not keeping his job. So uh, this, is, this is authentic. This is not fake. Right. They talk all the time. He took this job in large part because of Kyler Murray. Austin Ford and Gannon said, these jobs don't open up when you have a franchise quarterback. And they also know, let's be real, the ineptitude of the prior regime and said, well, good hell. This guy was the rookie of the year. He took him to the playoffs. Look at his touchdown to interception ratio and, and, his, and his rushing totals. Well, he did that despite, you know, the ineptitude to be fried. More so from, from Steve Kine, but also Cliff Kingsbury and his yeah. adjustments as the season went on. Imagine what he can do with us with a stable functioning NFL environment with quality people like Dave Sears and Drew Petzine. I, I, I know that they are bullish on the fact that we don't have to win with smoke and mirrors. We've got a guy who can carry us and that's yeah. what's going to happen. And you know, this is probably the most inexplicable um, this, the slide isn't, but the, what surrounds it as far as the Kyler Murray Heisman, uh, the Heisman, what the statue unveiling that went down yeah. in Norman and the Cardinals yeah. large contingent that, that traveled to Norman to hang out and support their franchise quarterback. It was JG, Monty Awesome Ford. It was basically the entire offensive coaching staff, the Cardinals media relations staff. They were all there 
and then people were still like people were asking why Kyler Murray would get his Heisman Trophy winners like it's a simple answer they you win a Heisman Trophy at Oklahoma they give you a statue that's just how it goes you have it one of the greatest seasons in college football you get a statue there's they're celebrating greatness that was achieved at their school they don't give those out like candy and it's because Oklahoma Oklahoma's had what like three Heisman Trophy winners so everybody's like oh we're numb to it it's a big fucking deal it's you're you're an exemplary player in person and you lead your team to new heights you get a statue. I mean, there's a good chance they don't have another Heisman Trophy winner for 20 or 30 years, but they had the right coach and the right quarterback combination, Baker Mayfield, Lincoln Riley, and didn't, didn't Jalen Hurts win a Heisman there as well? So it just, to me, did he, he win made that the last? I think he got a ceremony. Okay. He, yeah. So it just, I, it's a big deal. That's why Reggie Bush wants his Heisman back. It's, <laughs> you know, they don't just give those away. So yeah, I mean, Kyler Murray may never get a statue outside State Farm Stadium, but like, a Heisman trophy at the collegiate level probably isn't what it used to be, but he took them to the playoff and almost beat Alabama who won the natty in the semifinal. This was not a token handout like our friends from Cincinnati two years ago. Like, no, no, no. They won the fraudulent big 12 with the, with the defenses that were on display, but then took their offense. Everybody nitpicked Kyler Murray, his size. And they said, no, this isn't going to translate against Bama. And they almost beat Nick Saban. And it's unbelievable. Yeah. Like a teach here. I went to Oklahoma while I was there. As soon as the season was over, we were talking about when will Kyler get his statue? Because I'm sure that's uh, a cool place to visit yep. and kind of kind of live throughout the years of Oklahoma football, which has an incredible rich history of, of great football players. And, you know, you can watch guys struggle at the pro level. And Kyler, you know, you, you look at his season, it wasn't what anybody wanted ask why Kyler has one and then not turn around and be like, Oh, Baker Mayfield, he's got a statue there. Like Baker, I know Baker Mayfield played a lot longer and played at Oklahoma longer than, than Kyler Murray, but still to just because he's, he struggled for a season at the pro level doesn't mean that they're just going to say, you know what? Maybe we won't give him a statue. Like we've given all the other Heisman trophy winners. You um, know what? He likes call of duty. We better, we better pull back <laughs> on the statue. Can we get us, can we get a statue for somebody else? Can we get one of, one of these other schlub quarterbacks. Can we get them a statue? Not Kyler Murray, though. Right. Let's continue this. So, Kyler Murray, uh, he's throughout the offseason, He's you've seen him a couple times pop up. You know, some one of the big things was he wasn't enduring himself to the community here. And on April thirteenth, Kyler and his teammates attended the Coyotes' regular season finale at Mullet Arena, uh, according to our Leah Merrill of PHNX Coyotes and and everybody else that was in the arena that it was kind of a smattering of, of cheers versus boos, which I still think it's, it's ridiculous that franchise quarterback is getting boos from the hometown. Uh, April 20th, he appeared. Nobody knew if he was going to be at the uniform unveiling, but he, he was there for the reveal. And he said, we're going to win a lot of games in these. And he was embracing the, the uniform change that he'd called for years before. And then most recently he was sitting courtside, his feet on the wood at the Suns game, Last win in that series so far for the Suns, him and Hollywood Brown, and then joking at the end of the game with Devin Booker, who went absolutely crazy in that. So, you know, the narrative that he doesn't, like, endure himself to this community, I think that's ridiculous, too. Yeah, and I hope Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown are courtside for game six because we need them desperately because clearly <laughs> that's a motivating factor. But, um, I mean, what what more do you want? He's he's around I me. Mean, I remember it was like a big deal two years ago. Kyler was doing like workouts in Texas and people were bitching about that. He was throwing the ball around with some guys there, but nobody talks about during the pandemic. 
he got a bunch of players together in Texas right. when they couldn't work out the facility. Like people cherry pick what they want to cherry pick. I I'm gonna make a prediction right now. I think this is the last offseason Kyler Murray gets booed by by Cardinal fans. I think that I think that'll be done this this fall, and he's gonna let his play speak for itself and and the support he gets from the coaching staff long overdue. So um it's I mean, he's here, he lives here, he's got a yeah. home here, his family's here. His friend, his best friend is here and he's and he's at the facility. And that we can't emphasize this enough. He's at the facility every yeah. day. He's with the he's with the trainers, he's with the coaching staff. And a lot of people could say, well, that's the bare minimum. I mean, you have to coach a lot of these habits. He he came into the NFL and was taught one way how to do things from the wrong people. And so they are trying to rebuild that right now. And it's going exceptionally well. And everybody in that locker room is a supporter of K1. And so he's going to reward them, I think, with high-level high, high level play. When Jonathan Gannon was hired, and it was just him in town, staying in a hotel room, his family wasn't here yet, and most of the coaching staff had the same thing. So all yeah. they did was stay at the facility. And yeah. JG tells that story. He was leaving late at night. And guess mm -hmm. whose car is still in the parking lot working on his rehab? It's Kyler Murray. He's working at all hours uh, to 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 get back on track. Last piece of this, uh, and, and it was the most recent, Kyler Murray reaching out, you know, it, the, the day the tragedy happened and sickening prayers to the mass shooting victims in Allen, Texas. Is there any way I can help affected by this tragedy? Please let me know. Uh, when's this shit going to stop? And then, you know, it puts his money uh, where his tweet was and, and he's, he donates was what we've seen up to 25 K and, and is, is doing anything within his power to help out those affected in his hometown by this this horrendous tragedy. And he has always been adamant on the, his support for the African-American community, the Asian community, which I think he, he is part Asian, takes immense pride in that, his affinity for for both of those demographics. And this is just an extension of that. If you go find the photo of the family that lost three, you know, three fourths of their family, it's absolutely heartbreaking. And uh, good on Kyler Murray for a number of different reasons. I can't wait to watch his maturation process as the Arizona Cardinal quarterback. I can't also wait to watch more NBA action with our friends at BetMGM Sportsbook. The lawn at State Farm Stadium had a banger time last Friday. We had a watch-along party yesterday as it relates to Game 5. It didn't work out the way we wanted to. But we're hoping to have one more watch-along party presented by Watch Party, presented by Neutral at BetMGM, hopefully for Game 7. Got to win Game 6. If you're dabbling on Game 6 right now, I'm pretty sure the Suns are slight favorites. So if you want to take the Suns, you want to tease up the points, do it with our friends at BetMGM Sportsbooks. New customers, click in the NBA playoff matchup of your choice. Signature bets tab. Each game has their own unique set of different bets that you can dabble on, but do so with BetMGM Sportsbook. Um, knockout Cornhole Fridays, by the way, Knockout Nights Cornhole Fridays, every Friday, first Friday of the month, May through August. So May, June, July, August, first Friday, we're having our Cornhole League with our friends at BetMGM. There's going to be prizes, giveaways, drink specials, whatever you want. Had a banger first Friday in May. I'm going to be at the one in June. I cannot wait to see you there. If you haven't signed up yet, in the meantime, with BetMGM, use that promo code PHNX, that bonus code, there's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our friends here in Arizona, you're going to get up to get this $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, make sure you're using that bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for more details. And now listen to my guy Shane Diefenbach talk about it in the disclaimer. 
Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. It's tough to beat a nice Friday night hanging out there on the great lawn at the Mm -hmm. BetMGM Sportsbook, throwing some bags, playing some cornhole, go inside, get that nice icy cold AC and get a a nice ice cold four peaks at the bar as well while you've got some action on all the games that are on the screens there. You can also get four peaks at the brewery in Tempe, 8th Street in Tempe. Four peaks, it's tough to beat. I mean, it's woven within the fabric of our great state. It's been around for 25 years. Kilt Lifter, you can find it anywhere, like our friends over at Circle K. They've got it. Uh, you can find it in your grocery store, and you can find it on tap at most just watering holes around the area. Yeah. But uh, Four Peaks, it's, it's, it's important that you follow Four Peaks on social media because they've got so many great things going on as far as beers they're releasing, stuff that they've been working on in the lab, uh, great food, whatever they're doing food-wise, or these great events that are going on, like Four Peaks, Four Seats, a lucky winner will get four. Diamondbacks game, you get D bucks as well, so you can grab some food, as well as some ice cold Wow or Hop Knot. You can go to Four Peaks Brew on Instagram. They got the link in the bio. Also, they've got Four Peaks Pub on Twitter, so you're gonna want to follow both of those handles on 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 Instagram. It's Four Peaks Brew. They've always got great events going on in contests. And of course, Four Peaks Pub on Twitter. You got to be 21 or older to drink Four Peaks, but when you do it, drink it responsibly. Uh, so we talked about Kyler Murray uh, and who might start in place of Kyler Murray, assuming Kyler's not ready to go first week of the NFL season. Uh, is it going to be Colt McCoy? Hopefully not. David Blau. We talked about our guy, Mr. Toon out of Houston, Clayton Toon. A lot of people don't think he's going to be ready. Or is it quarterback to be determined? Um, and, you know, I only bring this up, Bo, because it's it's a hot button on Twitter. Uh, ben Y. Arthur at uh, on Twitter, Ben Arthur, who works for Fox Sports, covers the AFC South, has basically come out and said, good chance, there's a chance, a good chance that the Titans could release, outright release, Malik Willis after only one season. He was a third-round pick last year. A lot of people thought he'd be a first-rounder. He fell. But Ben mentions that Willis could be, quote, the odd man out. Ryan Tannehill's the starter. Will Levis is on the roster. Now, I don't think he's going to be cut. However, he certainly feels like a guy who could be movable. And speaking of moving, he has a similar skill set, albeit a poor man's skill set, to Kyler Murray and somebody like Jacoby Brissett. Um, I, I think... Vrabel and company, they do a good job. So if the, if they're out on Malik Willis, I would be very skeptical. But the general manager of the Arizona Cardinals spent all last year with Malik Willis, likely scouted Malik Willis in depth before selecting him, helping to select him in the third round of last year's draft. So would you be opposed to, at a minimal salary, he's a third-round pick, sending a late-round pick, the Cardinals have plenty, to take a flyer on Malik Willis to add to the quarterback room that right now is a little bit underwhelming to begin 2023. I'm with Agent 47. I'm, I don't want him. I don't, I don't think Malik Willis adds to the quarterback room. I think he kind of murkies it up a little bit. Yeah, if you're, if you're going to bet on a young quarterback, bet on the guy that you draft in the fifth round. And I still think, you know, it, it's a little far-fetched to think that Clayton Toon could start this season. But I just, I think that Malik Willis's, 
uh, previous relationship with Monty Austin Fort as the AGM there in Tennessee actually works against him. I think Monty Austin Fort was a big part of why they brought in a Josh Dobbs to play games down the stretch for the Titans in place of Malik Willis. Malik Willis didn't throw a touchdown in his rookie season. He still has he has as many touchdown passes as you and I, and he's he's one season into his NFL career. I just don't. If if the Titans are willing to just cut bait at like this early in his career, I think that that's a big enough red flag to where you say it's not just like oh we'll just take a flyer on him. I think that the the Arizona Cardinals have to figure out you know who is legitimately going to be the quarterbacks behind Kyler Murray, and I just don't think that Malik Willis has shown anything that we're like hey let's just take a flyer and see if it works out because I'd rather them bet on you know figuring out if it's if it's tune. Or one of the backup options potentially for this season in McCoy and David Blau. The Cardinals played the Titans last year in the preseason. We got to see a little Malik Willis firsthand. I think yeah. I think he threw an interception. He's just uh, running. I, he just ran yeah. a lot. He, he just ran a lot. Run. He did. I'm not opposed to it. Um, but you look at NFL Twitter. Every fan base wants to trade for him because I mean his hype in the pre-draft process last year was, I mean. It was off the charts. At no point did I think Kenny Pickett would go ahead of him. I thought he had more momentum than somebody like Will Levis that got drafted a whole round and a half higher than Malik Willis did. Remember the remember the combine video of him helping like an old woman across the street, and then he goes out and he has a really good performance, albeit in shorts and a t-shirt, and he ran his forty time, and his tape at Liberty was electric. Like I I don't think his career is done, and I would like to see him have another opportunity and like. If I'm being frank, like that's the kind of quarterback I would like to see back up Kyler Murray, somebody with, let's say, elite attributes that can help you not just with your arm and can make games interesting. And I look at David Blau and Colt McCoy, and it's the opposite of interesting for me. It's just like those are placeholders that are waiting, in my opinion, my opinion, to lose you games. Clayton Toon's an unknown. He moved a little bit at Houston. I'm anxious to see him in camp when camp opens up. He's going to be at rookie camp here in a hot minute. But I don't know. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I'm sure you could get Malik Willis for 30, 20 cents on the dollar. And again, he's not making That's too much. Money. That's too much, according to Bo Brock. <laughs> uh, it's like Doc's I mean, part said. Give me some Sam Darnold. Six feet. Athletically. Are we bitching at, about height? Are we bitching about height now? Well, I mean, look, if, if you've got him, if, if the comp, if, if he's going up against Clayton Toon, Clayton Toon's 6'3". That's, mm. that's my biggest issue. And then Clayton Toon... Obviously, he's he's not coming out of a big Power Five con, uh, conference, but he was way more productive than Eve, uh, Malik Willis. I just think sure. you know, in 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 slightly less athletic, but Clayton Tune's athletic in his own right. Like I think yeah. if you're saying, hey, Malik Willis is going to give you some upside, I don't think that that's necessarily true. He, he was a distant second to Anthony Richardson as as far as the second most athletic quarterback at the combine. Um, you know, Malik Willis was was first in his class last year, but you know, it was a, it was a down class as well. It was. I just think that you you probably just bet on the guy that you've already selected. Get him in here, get him up to speed, see what you've got as far as tune. Because I think Malik Willis, despite having a year under his belt, isn't that much further ahead if he's at all ahead of a tune at this point. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, again, it's not my preference. My preference would have been take a player like Tune. Keep Kyler Murray, obviously, and then sign a quarterback of note like a Joshua Dobbs or Jacoby Brissett that you really could feel comfortable about in in the first month of the season. And we're still missing that that middle piece, right? You have the rookie, 
you have Kyler Murray who's on the mend. It's like, where's the supplemental talent yeah. that's going to help you maybe be competitive early in the season. If they're going to be a competitive bow, it would have to be with a pass rush that is looking to be revamped. Speaking of their pass rush. So Mike Clay has been going through uh, units around the NFL, ranking them. Does mm -hmm. a great job for ESPN. We just mentioned two days ago, he had the Cardinals ranked with the sixth best receiving core, which is not a surprise right now. They've got he did quarterbacks uh, yesterday, right? Oh, he did. I didn't miss. I didn't see that. I think he I had him like 18th, maybe. That yeah, I, I think there's a lot to be desired there. Somebody was carrying Kyler. a lot of the load there. His name's Kyler Murray. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say without Kyler Murray, you're you're not you're not in good shape. Uh, is the pass rush in good shape? So. Uh, again, Mike Clay came out, put together his pass rush units, edge rushers, so not defensive tackle. It's like, mm -hmm. who are your edge rushers on your roster? Last were the L.A. Rams, which is great to see. I don't recognize a damn name on, on this list outside of Byron, uh, Byron Young or B. Young. The Bears are 31st. The Atlanta Falcons are 30th. Then it's the Arizona Cardinals at 29th. Here's the group he put together, and this echoes a lot of what we've heard lately. Zayvon Collins is an edge rusher, according to Mike Clay. B.J. Ojolari, Majay Sanders, Cameron Thomas, Dennis Gardeck. Um, here's what I'll say about that unit. I'm fine with them ranking them a bottom five tier. But in terms of projecting, whereas there's a bunch of unknowns there with a bunch of talent, their four top guys are all still on their rookie contracts. Zayvon Collins, if he plays pass rusher. B.J.'s a rookie. Cameron Thomas, Majay Sanders, when they had opportunities last year, really shine. Dennis Gardeck could be cut tomorrow. Wouldn't bother me with all due respect to Dennis Gardeck. So it's like, yeah, that unit is a bunch of unknowns. That's okay. I have no problem with that. So I know a lot of people saw that and they're like, oh man, Cardinals are just going to get railroaded. There's a big difference, Bo Brock, between that unit and when they tried out their defensive line, which is very much in terms of like no hope right now, 32nd, <laughs> 31st. I love these pass rushers. I can't wait to see them. You've got a good bet out of those top four. Zaven, BJ, Majay, Cameron, Thomas. One of those guys is going to hit. One of those guys is eventually going to become an 8-12 to 12 sack guy. And then you just want to duplicate it on the other side. So you saw Mike Clay's rankings of pass rushers, specifically Zaven. What were your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, it's is it uh, naive or ignorant for me to get excited about Zaven Collins as, as a pass rusher? Does it feel real like it's going to happen now? Does it feel real? I think he's going to. I think he'll get legit opportunities. Uh, I, I really do. It just especially since they they're going to have people to play linebacker, where they don't have. The same can't be said for like pass rushers. I don't. I don't think that they've got people that they necessarily trust, and and that's yeah. why he's been why he, those two days during voluntary minicamp he was practicing with the pass rushing group instead of the guys he was practicing with all last season as off ball linebackers. So. There, there is something to it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not buying, I'm not completely sold on, you know, opening, opening day when, when we find out who they play tomorrow afternoon, that David Collins is going to be lined up opposite BJ Ojolari, but that, that inspires a little bit more hope than who was going to be previously occupying those spots. But it, it's, I said this yesterday, the Arizona Cardinals, their fan base, they're going to see a lot of these lists that are going to be very unflattering. <laughs> where they're going to be down. And what do you mean? <laughs> they're going to be down tremendous as far as a lot of these rankings, as far as especially on the defensive side of the football, outside of maybe the safety position, uh, they're going to be down tremendous because it's not that as far as proven commodities and production mm -hmm. at the NFL level, Mike Clay, who puts these together, he looks for that. He doesn't look at what could be or what yeah. projects in a perfect world.
Yeah, uh, we're going to project uh, what we think is going to go down tomorrow as it relates to the NFL draft, or excuse me, the NFL 2023 schedule. Drafts in our rear view. We've got the 2023 season on the horizon. I hope you have pins and aces on the horizon for you. I, I told my phenomenal Dutch bros story yesterday. I won't, I won't bore you with it again, but uh, it's peacock in time. Do it with our friends at pins and aces. They have tremendous gear that you can rep as early as hell yeah. May 26th. Dobson Ranch, the Keeping It 100 Golf Tournament. Pins and Nations is going to be there. Prizes, PHNX is going to be there. Teeing off. Check it out right now. Again, Keeping It 100 Golf Tournament at Dobson Ranch. Dobson Ranch, dare I say, the home of PHNX Golf, because I love hanging out there. It's one of my favorite places to go in all of the Valley. Check out pinsandaces.com. Use that promo code PHNX to receive 15% off your first order. Get free shipping. Their stuff goes quick, guys, so use this fast. They restock constantly. So if they don't have one of your sizes that you that in stock on a on a piece of clothing that you like, says it's click the little button that says remind me when it's in stock. It's not like other sites that just forget about you. I get notifications yeah. all the time. We've restocked, come and, and grab what you need. They do a tremendous job. Uh community engagement. We can't wait to hang with them at Dobson Ranch on May 26th. That's pinsandaces.com. I was I saw a viral video. One of the uh, I follow some golf accounts on yeah. Instagram, and I saw this spectator got smoked, absolutely smoked, by a drive on nice. like a very low ranking pro tour. And it was mm-hmm. at Dobson Ranch. So oh nice, yeah. But we're not gonna you're not gonna get smoked by a, a drive. Good good publicity for Dobson though. Yeah, you could smoke somebody with mm-hmm. the drive yourself. You just got to get in to win. Uh, I'm spreading the gospel as far as Shady Rays go. I love my Shady Rays. I've got my uh, maybe bigger brand name glasses just collecting dust in my truck, and and I'm continuing to spread it as far as with my son. He's going to be two next month. I'm going to get him his first pair of Shady Rays. I've already got it in the cart. It's the Blackout Polarized Kids Signature Series. These are going to look cool. Uh, He's going to be showing up his daddy and. I'm going to get his my wife a pair of Shady Rays as well. They've got some great-looking ones like the Allure. Uh, they got something for everybody. you got to get in on Shady Rays right now. Check out all the great styles that they have on their website, ShadyRays.com. They've got the best deal of the season. It's exclusive for our listeners, our viewers. Get out there. Get yourself a pair of Shady Rays. Or how about a couple pairs of them? Because with this new deal at ShadyRays.com, you use the code PHNX. You get 50% off two more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades that are rated five stars, not just by Emma, myself, and Johnny and the PHNX crew, but 250,000 people saying that Shady Rays are legit. Five stars across the board for Shady Rays. Get in there and save some money using the promo code PHNX. ShadyRays.com. Your son's going to be a little ass kicker when he's got his Kyler Murray jersey and he's got his <laughs> Shady Rays going. That's, that's going to be a fresh look at preschool, let me tell you. Um... So the schedule releases tomorrow. We've got a special live show a little bit later of a start time at 4.30 Arizona time. Schedule release is at 5 p.m. We will do our best to try to leak information or to provide information, I should say, as it becomes available to us. We will keep you posted. So there's a good chance, guys, when you show up for the live stream tomorrow for the show at 4.30 we're going to have some of the games cemented already. We're going to share that information as we receive it. But, Bo, I'm going to put you on the spot. Opener for the 2023 NFL season, wow. Arizona Cardinals. What do you think is going to go down? Man. On the it spot. W- Not what you want, but yeah. what you think is going to go down. 
I think it's probably a divisional game, or the NFL uses the Arizona Cardinals as kind of one of the throwaway games. Like they they might throw them at like it might be a Washington AZ game. I'm gonna go Rams home game week one. I think they want yeah. I think they want divisional matchups. I think we could get. I think we're gonna get Niners Seahawks maybe in Santa Clara. And I think we're going to get Cardinals hosting the LA Rams. Rams have no cachet. They had minimal drawing power when they were winning games. Now they're going to be yeah. bad. So it's like, I, and I also think Cardinals, they they typically are open up at home, right? So they had a home game last year. Two years ago, they were on the road. Um, I think they are at home to open up against the LA Rams and, and Sean McVay. And I'm, ex- I'm excited to see that because you know what? Rams defense isn't very good. And I think you could get, Get some good mojo going. No matter who's a quarterback, I think you can move the ball effectively against the Rams. Like they, they, the NFL would want the Eagles to play a premier team, right? They wouldn't want. They're not playing the Cardinals week yeah. one. I, I can guarantee you that they're yeah. going to play an NFC East team. It's going to be Cowboys Eagles Sunday Night Football. Yeah, I think you're, go it's a good call with the Niners. If they're going to take on anybody in the division, it's probably going to be Seattle, a yeah. matchup of playoff teams. Probably not the Ravens. They probably want a, a bigger audience for the Ravens. And I'm just being honest. Like I'm, I'm not trashing the Cardinals. No. that, but I mean, like if you Houston's a possibility, Houston's yeah, hundred percent a possibility. Bury them at the you know the one fifteen start time. I think that's a that's a that's a team that the NFL says. Let's just put these two teams together. Let's pub up the intrigue yeah. of uh, you know the Cardinals having both picks and ha- these teams were both picking top three. Uh, but they also may want to mix in the dynamic of Houston versus Indy. The, the two rookie quarterbacks against each other. The problem with the Cardinals is, at least early on, without Kyler Murray, there's not a lot of cachet. There are, there are no storylines to follow. With these other teams, even if you're projecting them to be bad, it's like, who Justin Fields has cachet, right? And, and all these teams with rookies at quarterback, Bryce Young for Carolina. Like the Cardinals are very much in neutral until K-1 comes back. And so, so are the LA Rams. So that's why I think that makes a lot of sense. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be electric if it was the if Clayton Tune goes in the Chicago and outplays Justin Fields? Is is there is there a player and, and I'm not hating on on Justin Fields oh, and geez. I say that like you say no disrespect and you completely okay. disrespect somebody. Yeah. But yeah. is there somebody that's receiving more like undeserved hype throughout the offseason? Like you are like I'm seeing are. Justin Fields like they they're they're starting to release some of these top 100 lists. And Justin Fields is like near the top ten. I'm like, look, I like watching him play. Yeah. Uh, but he is not a he's not a top player in this league yet. You are having a little amnesia, I think, because just let's, let's turn the clock back to a year and the gross shit show display by the national media for Trey Lance was vomit inducing. They had anointed Trey Lance before even consistently playing football as a sleeper MVP candidate. And then Kyle Shanahan trots him out there. He can't play. So they have to sign Jimmy Garoppolo. That that was that Justin Fields, at least like is athletic can move. And I think people Bo, think he succeeds despite Chicago, right? Like Chicago, they're so inept. They have no players. Look what he's doing. Support, support Justin Fields. And he's just likable. Whereas like Trey Lance was gifted the keys to the castle and he just wasn't any good. I, the Trey Lance stuff was way, way more egregious, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think it's it's reached that level, but it's it's also, I think he's got to do a lot more, especially as a passer, 
I well, mean, C-Level still- in the chat say fa- the fantasy people love Justin Fields, yeah. but he did for it's their fantasy point. team. It's a good mm-hmm. point. It's a good point. Yeah. Is it because you've seen the love from our bros at CHGO? Because I've seen the opposite. No, I mean, hey, those look, guys were very skeptical. Justin Fields picked him up on the waiver wire, put my fantasy team on his back. Saved, saved you. Saved uh, me from having to eat at the Waffle House for 24 hours, which was, I will be forever grateful. But maybe yeah, I, I can't maybe believe I'm you're matching him. You should be repping his jersey for what he did for you. So Bo almost finished last in our fantasy league. I did too. Real talk. And, uh, That's because it was the biggest Mickey Mouse rules I've ever seen in my entire life. It well, was like you got you got like at twenty five point escalators if your guy uh, had took a double shot of espresso, <laughs> uh, and it was happy hour at the, well, and the barista liked so his smile. We need a grown adult running the league this year. <laughs> Bo and I, Bo and I, literally finished a show, and they're like, "We're drafting now," and everybody was in yeah. person, and Bo and I like. Oh, with no, our kids no, and they're no, crying, no, they're crawling no, over us. No, 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 no Emma. on this. Okay, first of all, it was in Slack two weeks before because I no, remember we had a whole argument about this. The date and t- the time was changed, and we're not going to say who the time was changed by, but the time was changed. <laughs> and then Bo and I could not because we were going to run in. We didn't have time to do it. That the- really torpedoed our opportunity to succeed, and I will stand by that because yep. book it. Daddy Fantasy, aka me, <laughs> is making the motherfucking playoffs next year mm-hmm. with Clayton Tune as my quarterback. <laughs> oh, is that is that is that going to be your first pick, Johnny? Well, Cam Akers in the third round, not a good look. So yeah. I will learn from. Be, we'll be look, better. Be great fantasy name options, but if Tune's your guy, tune up, get tuned up. Yep, tune time, baby. Uh, <laughs> tomorrow again, special start time, four thirty Arizona time schedule release show with Bo Brock and myself. Keep it tapped into our Twitters all day because as we continue to get the information, you know, from the Twitter streets and other sources that we will provide it as it becomes available. Emma's going to make tremendous graphics. We'll be able to walk you through it step by step before you don't have to watch NFL Network. Hang with your boys. Crack crack open a a Four Peaks brew. We'll give you the Cardinals schedule and insight before anybody else. Is the total primetime game, is, is the over-under is 0. 0.5? Is that, is. Does that feel 100%. correct? If they have two primetime games, like I, I, it will be unfathomable. And part of me is like, this team has been in the news for so, so many Can they get like reasons. a radio air quotes, podcast air quotes? Could they get like a Saturday primetime? I don't want to work on a Saturday though. That's our. I agree. Time. I'm hoping. I'm could hoping they throw them a token yeah. like Saturday game. No, no, no. Here's what they don't need to fuck around and do. No more <laughs> Christmas games, Cardinals. I had to tell my wife two years in a row that they never do this. This isn't going to happen again. And then they did it again, and we had to watch Dirt Miskirt against Tom Brady <laughs> at State Farm Stadium, and it's like we're no more holiday games. Stay off of Thanksgiving. Stay off of Christmas. Be in this nice little pocket on a Sunday afternoon. And we'll be in good shape. We're no gonna be raining Christmas. in the new year together. Yeah, New Year's Eve. Don't it's gonna be that. you and I Stop. doing a watch along. Stop. No, Primetime Cardinals game as the ball papers. drops. We get. We'll be filed up at that point. <laughs> I'll be like, hey, you know what? My team, I love them to death. They're four games out of a playoff spot. I gotta go watch them. I gotta go watch Clayton, our boy Clayton. Uh, keep it locked in. Uh, for the next forty-eight hours. Yeah, any leaks. You know, Johnny, myself at PHNX underscore Cardinals, they'll have we'll have it up there on on the Twitter streets. 
Love to take a leak with you. Cardinal Sin, 21, PHNX, greater than NFL Network. Absolutely. You guys are fantastic. 130 people on a Wednesday in the offseason. We love all of you. Keeping this train of moving. Like and subscribe. Check us out. Go PHNX.com. Pick up some swag, some merch. Become a diehard. It's one of my favorite tees right here. Nux, even though he talks shit to me on Twitter. This is my favorite hat. I will never, ever take it off. Elon, because he's been so inactive, actually got rid of his account. Did he? Yeah. When was the last time you heard from Phoenix? Yeah, maybe maybe they scrubbed him. <laughs> uh, Agent 47, Johnny will buy a shirt of Clayton, laugh out loud. I haven't bought my new jersey yet. What if Clayton comes out and he's just guns a blazing? That'd be a nice storyline. He's probably You're not team tune. I'm not. I'm team Malik. Trade for Malik. Uh, for Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. We'll see you tomorrow, 430.